Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. This episode does not contain any spoilers outside of The Ninth House by Lee Bardugo, with some references to the Veronica Mars television show. Trigger and content warnings for this book include sexual assault, rape, murder, and drug abuse. Hello, Tatiana. How are you? Good. How are you? I am... I'm good. I'm good. It's, um... Have you got anything fun and bookish this week? I have not. So I've been relatively good because I put myself on a book buying ban again because I've bought an obscene amount of books. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? We are talking about Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. And I am obsessed with this book. Like, I love it so much. Kirsten arguably would say that she loves this more than Six of Crows. I'm excited to see where the series goes. We've done some Googling and looking and it might be like a five-part series, which would be awesome. I really, I don't know if I loved it more than Six of Crows, but definitely like pretty up there. It's such a different book, but I think she's grown so much as an author in this one. And like the banter is amazing. The characters are really good. I don't usually read this type of like fiction slash dark academia, And honestly, it was so good. It's very confusing at the beginning, I think. But once you like get into the storyline of it all, it was, it was awesome. It was really good. So, okay. So we read this book for our, for our uh, book club, for the Bookish Bantry book club. And I was terrible. And I was probably me and like Kate were like terrible. We were like the last ones to read it because we finished it like the day before we had our discussion. But um, I was reading it while my sister was here. And she goes, um, I was like reading it and I was like, this makes no sense. I was like looking at her and I was like, this doesn't make it. What is happening? She's just, she's like, just keep reading. Just keep, I know it's confusing. Just keep going. And I was like, I'm so lost. I was so confused in the very beginning, which I mean, I kind of liked that. Cause it's like, you're not quite sure where everything's going to go, but yeah, that was, that was the beginning of this book was so confusing. Yeah. And everybody said that when we were, when we did our like book discussion too. And I think it's really good. It's really well played out. It's sort of a dark fiction fantasy, but everyone is like human essentially. Um, so the synopsis, generally what happens is a girl named Alex who can see ghosts, which they call grays in this book, but she can see ghosts. She's been able to see them her whole life. And that kind of led her into a life of like dark depression and drugs and all these things and kind of fell in with a bad crowd one morning she wakes up to her whole like friend group being brutally murdered. She's in the hospital and some guy says, I'll offer you a full ride scholarship to Yale. I just need you to work for one of our secret societies, which where we basically like monitor skull and bones, you know, um, and those, yeah, the houses. So there's eight of them. Um, and they're these like secret powerful societies and our job is to like regulate them. They call themselves like the shepherds, and make sure that their power doesn't get too great. And they want her special skills because she can see ghosts without having to like take 
take a drink or whatever this like potion um, or do any of that. And she could just see it on her own. And so she falls into this secret society where they're regulating all these other secret societies. And she has to be trained by a guy named Darlington, which the names in this are so funny. Um, and he's really disgruntled because he wanted to like handpick his own apprentice. They call him like Dante's, but he wanted to handpick his own apprentice. And he's like really jaded that he didn't get to do that. And also is kind of jealous of her because she can see Grays and he's kind of grown up in this lifestyle for a really long time and like been a part of Yale and like in the town of New Haven for a long time. And so he kind of knows about all this stuff. And then you find out about halfway through that like some suspicious stuff is going on and there's a local townie that got murdered and it's all about Alex kind of trying to figure out who murdered her and what to do with everything that's happened with the societies basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a dual timeline, dual POV situation. So you get Darlington and Alex's point of views. And then you also get multiple timelines really there's like three different timelines there's like the there's like the winter early spring and fall and so you get these different things and throughout the book they're all kind of winding together um again the very beginning of the book you're like you kind of almost start at the end and you're kind of like what is going on here like you start with um, we're just gonna get into it, I guess. <laughs> but you start with Alex in this house, and she's like injured, and she keeps having these like flashbacks of, or keeps like thinking about what happened, and she's like, you know, none of this really matters. Darlington is gone. The, um, what's it called? Um, the dean is like, all she can think about is his like leg broken and like all of these like horrible things these horrible images that she sees and she's like I don't care anymore like she's basically just trying to just like slip away into oblivion it's basically the whole situation and you're like what happened to this girl like what what's going on and then um yeah and then it switches to winter and Alex is going to this basically so again there's eight houses and but there's like five prominent houses so there's three of them that don't have their like magic anymore because they were either disbanded they're like the quote-unquote lesser houses um um but the main houses are skull and bones which um (laughs) deals in divination in human and animal entrails so she's at a skull and bones i don't remember what they called them but basically this dude is like digging around in this guy this other dude's like entrails and like predicting the stock market basically and her job is to make sure because the grays don't get in or interfere so because grays are attracted by like anything that reminds them of like life um sugar sweet things um any kind of strong emotion from like love to hatred to anger to what have you and blood so um there's all these things that attract them and all of these things are going on in this little ritual that's happening and so her job is to make sure that these grades don't basically interfere and um she is sitting there and all of a sudden she hears this crazy loud screeching not screeching noise but like roaring noise almost and she's like what is going on and then the grays start going crazy and they like are starting to pierce the veil and like they're like splintering the like everything in the auditorium, like all the railing and everything like that. And she's kind of panicking because she's like, I don't 
what's going on? Like, and no one else is reacting because obviously she's really the only one that can see them, but no one else can hear it or is knows what's really going on. And she's kind of freaking out. And then all of a sudden it stops and then she's fine. So she's kind of freaked out by what's going on and they, you know, finish this ritual. They, you know, sew the guy back up and take him back to the like hospital. Um, and, um, her job is to like follow him back to the hospital and make sure he's, you know, okay. And he doesn't die basically. And so this is kind of sets the scene for like, Oh, this is a, this is a dark world she has entered into. And, and she even, I mean, even from the beginning, she talks about kind of almost being in over her head and just like not really knowing how I guess dark or like intense this whole situation is that she kind of almost had no choice in you know entering so yeah it was it was intense meeting was very intense yeah and it's wild like the setup of this so the magic system is a little bit different here I would say so they say like ghosts can only be seen if you drink this elixir or if there's certain people who can see ghosts and they kind of hint throughout all of this, but we were having this theory. We're not really sure who of her family could see them before, if it was her grandmother or her father. Um, but she's kind of special in the fact that she can see them, but not only can she see them, but some of them can touch her. And so that kind of plays into all of that. And I think the magic system is set up really well here because it's so different in the way that like, they're not a solid shape and it, they say throughout this like don't make eye contact because then they'll get attached to you and it seems very like realistic in the setup of the magic system and like the ghosts and stuff and like how they all interact which I thought was really cool and I found that interesting yeah. and I loved they bring in a character you know north and I loved his character and the loved idea north. of him and like bring him in and this whole thing is set up very biblical and very like um ancient Egyptian, like start of the world type of thing where it was like, you know, she goes into hell and it's basically depicted as like the Nile with crocodiles and, you know, reeds and grass and all this kind of stuff and her finding her way through the Nile. And that is kind of like the crossway between worlds. And they sort of talk about that. And then, you know, the things that guard the ninth house or, you know, lake house is jackals, which is very like ancient Egyptian. Anubis is like the goddess of death or the God of death and all that kind of stuff. And then on top of that, they call them Dante's and what is Darlington's title? I forgot. A Virgil. Yeah. So it's like Virgil, Virgil and Dante and they talk about that kind of thing. And so it's, I loved the setup of that and the way that it was all done and that it was very like realistic and it felt very like tangible, I think. And we started at the beginning of all of this um, and you meet a couple of people from the different houses. There's a lot of side characters in here that kind of become relevant throughout, which I liked because there weren't a ton that you needed to really follow. And every time they were brought back up, Lee Bardugo does a really good job of this. I think in general with side characters, but every time they were brought back up, she gives you a little reminder of who they were and you're like, oh, okay, okay, cool. That makes sense. So I thought that was really well written. Um, and the yeah. people that became the main characters and stuff like that. Yeah. Really Especially good. with the different houses. Cause they're yeah. like, oh, cause a lot of times you'll get books where they're like, oh, this person. And you're like, who? from where and she's like oh this person from scroll and key or this person from skull you know whatever and so you know they're from this house and they met at this party or they met at this ritual or whatever and so that was really nice that I was like okay there's kind of that like and I also love how at the end of the book she has like a a list of the houses what they are like all of that so you can be like okay this is what this house does and this and house like, you know 
famous yeah. people that were in it and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was really good. At the very beginning, after she does the ceremony, she meets with this guy named Trip, who's part of Skull and Bones. And, you know, he's really funny and witty. And you meet him a few times throughout. And so I appreciated that every time they did, she like kind of brought up who he was. Yeah, he's um, kind of the funny, like, frat boy that just wants everyone to like him. And he's, this is very reminiscent of like Greek life where like a lot of the people who are within these houses are like legacies or people who are really rich and, you know, have ended up into this and their, you know, family was in it or they know someone or, you know, it it was, it was very interesting, interesting how it played out. Yeah. And I loved the setting of this. I've never been to Yale. So I felt myself like referring back and forth, obviously I've never been to Yale, but like, I felt myself referring back and forth to the map a lot, which I thought was nice. And the way it was set up and I read Legendborn right before I read this one. So I was kind of in the mindset of this like academia college setting, which I think made me like it even more um, because I was really in the like headspace for that. And I really was just like prepared for that kind of thing. But the PO, the dual POVs was really good. And we kind of switched back to essentially Alex and Darlington. So her name is actually Galaxy and his name is Darlington, which are the stupidest names on planet earth, but like whatever. Name is Daniel Arlington. They just like combine his name. Darlington. I love Darlington. He's probably my favorite character in the whole book. Yeah. And he's like, he's like a, the type of character I love. Um, the, yeah, like, which is shocking <laughs> because he is not a character I'm turning that I to usually, the dark side. I know, or, or the light side if we, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, dark side by the end of this book, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, the narrator is not unreliable, but she's a little bit morally gray in general. Um, you know, she's had kind of a rough upbringing and we flash back to Alex and Darlington and their sort of initial interactions and who they are at the beginning. And he's showing her Lathe House and, I thought this part was really crazy with the jackals where they get to the late, like late house. And he tells her we have magic essentially in us as being part of this. Like we're the shepherds. It's our job to control and protect and make sure that people don't die. Because what happened before is these societies went unchecked and they started just killing like townies, like people that were living in the town and there was no like repercussion. So they built this relationship with the police force and the late house is born and they kind of regulate all the different powers and the houses and making sure that like nobody goes unchecked essentially and so we switch back to like their relationship and the start of their relationship and their enemies generally and they kind of hate each other Alex is very confused as why Darlington hates her but he just really resents her (laughs) like he's I, I remember texting you and being like I don't like this Darlington character I think he's an ass like I don't like him and obviously he's my favorite character later on but like in the very beginning, you're like, what is this guy's problem? Like, he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's kind of a, like, kind of a dick. Like, he's really mean to Alex. He just, like, literally sets these jackals on her. Like, that's kind of rude, you know? And it's all kind of him almost throwing a tantrum and taking it out on her because he didn't get to pick who his Dante was. And he, like, doesn't think she deserves it. And, like, I don't know. It was, it was... I was like, this guy's, this guy's a jerk, man. What did you think about their, their like first mission together where she goes and he tells her to like help her protect the circle, um, where they go with the author and he's kind of showing her the ropes and all that kind of stuff. And Oh yeah. And all the crazy breakthrough. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I thought that was intense. I mean, it was, there's a lot of really intense scenes in this book. And that was definitely one that was really intense because it's like, he's, you know, you know, telling her how to, you know, 
protect the ritual and everything needs to be done. Basically what's going on is manu- is it manuscript? No, it's um Aurelian. I'm sorry. It's Aurelian. So they're a lesser house, but their like main magic is in like documents and like binding contracts and things like that. So like any contract they create, like it can't be broken basically kind of a thing where they help like authors get stories and things like this. So there's this alumni who is was like a best-selling author and now he like can't write very well anymore he doesn't have a story to tell anymore and so he's going through this ritual basically to get this story and um is again very brutal it's very trigger warning if you don't like any kind of like (laughs) i mean this this whole book's pretty dark a trigger warning for like sexual assault rape murder gore there's a lot in here that's very dark. Um, and so be warned for that. So, um, when you go into it, but, um, so anyways, they're doing this ritual and he basically has to like slice his arms up and everything. It's really dark. And so this like story is literally like, so there's blood. So the grays are like active and want to, you know, are, are like basically wanting to get in on this ritual and like disturb everything. And um, they have to keep the portal or the veil open because that's how they get their magic. And so they have to be very careful and like basically fight off these grays. And the only way to like, quote unquote, fight off a gray is if you say like death words, basically. You remind them of death and that like sends them away basically. Or you have like crushed up bones. Like it was really dark. And so, um, they're basically, you know, guarding this ritual that's going on. They're like, this like story is literally like going into this guy and um, the grays, there's a, she like bumps the um, the markings and smudges it. And so the grays start coming in like crazy. And so um, they're like coming in, coming in and she's trying to get them away, trying to get them away, trying to get them away. And then they grab her. And I was like, oh, that's, I would be so terrifying. It's just like, I can't even imagine like, Oh, what that would be like. And so, you know, and Darlington is kind of shocked because he did not Like no one really thinks that they're able, like the grays are able to actually like pierce that veil and like grab you. But Alex knows they can. And so she was almost in this kind of false sense of security of what was going on. And then, um, she gets grabbed and she freaks out obviously and um they basically banish all these grades and everything like that and yeah I I don't know it was intense it was super intense and I was like oh like for me I was like that's terrifying and then it's like Darlington kind of being an ass and like he does like stand up for her and the fact that he doesn't like throw her under the bus and the whole situation when the like when the like Aurelian people like come up and like yell at him for what was going on but he also like is kind of mean to her in this regard and I kind of was like he was kind of like I don't know he seemed a little pissed off about the whole situation like obviously she messed up but what do you expect from someone like who has no idea that this was even a thing you know and I I think he was just really unfair to her in a lot of situations especially in the beginning of the book like he was very unfair in his assessment of her he was very And you find out later on, they're kind of the same person. Like they really are like a lot of aspects and how they were recruited into Lathe and 
you know, their past and it being kind of dark and like not really having anyone, they have a lot in common. And so it was kind of annoying for me, like in the beginning, I was like, dude, you're kind of a dick, like chill out, man. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't love him at the beginning either. And I felt kind of bad for him as we get a little bit more of his backstory and all of that. But like, I, I wish at the beginning we would have gotten a little bit more about Alex. I don't think there was enough of Alex's backstory as a whole in general in this whole book. And I wish in the next ones that we do get that, like we get more information about her mom and her father. Um, you know, you find out that her, her mom's kind of a hippie. She's from LA. She like reads crystals and has long hair and never wears shoes. And her, her and her dad had sort of a fleeting relationship. And Alex has never really met her dad, doesn't know a lot about him. And her grandmother doesn't obviously like Alex's dad because he abandoned her daughter and all this kind of stuff, but you don't really understand. There's a weird dynamic there. So when all of this happens and she messes up the, the like smudges the lines, she starts singing this like song that her grandmother taught her that it's in Spanish. And she didn't know that it was like death words or that it was going to like get rid of the rays, but she starts singing the song and thinking that like, it's going to help them and does it as like a soothing thing. And so that's the theory. Like, we're not sure if it was her dad that had this like connection to the grays and her grandmother just knew about it. Or if her grandmother has this connection, it's just never told anybody. But she, Darlington even talks about it, not necessarily being death words though, that she's singing. It's like some chant or like song or something. Uh, but he's like yeah but he talks about how it's not necessarily death words but it it's more powerful than death words almost so yeah yeah, it's never like really translated but yeah it was intense that was an intense yeah and you don't really like darlington and i think you get a little bit more about like why alex is the way that she is and how she like fell into this trap of drugs and bad boys and all these things and in like her life story so I really, I found her like background enthralling. Like it was so interesting and crazy. And I just, I like don't even have words for it. But what were your thoughts on like her relationship with her best friend that she met when she was, what's her name? I thought it was sweet because it's like, obviously you're like, I just picture this, like being the new kid at the school and not having any friends, not having had friends in the past because of, you know, you're like the weird girl, you know? And so I really thought it was really sweet that she like is finally making these friends and finally, you know, a part of has someone to sit with at lunch and like, you know, has this little friend that she's never had. And so she kind of talks about being really excited about this and everything. And she talks about, um, not necessarily, she just kind of ignores the grays. She doesn't engage with them. She just kind of, she still sees them. She just, ignores them basically and so she they go on this like uh this this whole chapter was just so heartbreaking I was just so sad for Alex and just the whole like the whole situation and like she is on this field trip and she goes into um the bathroom and she she sees this creepy gray that's like staring at her and she's like okay so she goes in the bathroom does her business and like walks out and like basically just walks through him because he won't move and so she like goes through him and like is washing her hands and then he, he proceeds to rape her basically and she is found by her teacher and 
her friend and they basically obviously they can't see the grave but they see her like writhing around on the ground and like screaming and crying and you know and it was just this whole this whole scene was so heartbreaking and so she you know the teacher like you know scoops her up and you know covers her up and takes her away and um she they you know take her home and it's basically you know everyone comes to the conclusion that she was raped and um or sexually assaulted you know and so she is at home and she's like, I, I, you know, I don't really want to go back to school. Someone like my friend saw me and it's just embarrassing. And she, she doesn't really tell her mom this, but she's like, you know, she can't really vocalize, you know, she's a young kid, you know, how can you vocalize? Like she doesn't have the capacity to, to tell someone about what's actually happening, especially because in the past her mom hasn't believed her anyways. And so, um, it was very sad. And then she ends up going back to going to school and all these kids are teasing her and saying all these horrible things. It was just like so sad. And it's just on top of this horrible, horrifying experience. She is basically the weird girl again and isn't, you know, has no friends. Her friend wants nothing to do with her. She tried um, talking to her friend about it and telling her what happened and that she can see basically she can see dead people and this is what happened and then she told people and then she it just got worse and so it just it made me so sad for her and it just broke my heart because again this is this is something that is reflective of you know in general how rape victims are perceived you know they're a lot of times they're not believed or sexual assault victims. A lot of times they're not believed. A lot of times they're not taken seriously. A lot of times it's, um, you know, a victim blaming. It's kind of a commentary on no matter, you know, she, no one's going to believe her. And it's just like, what actually happened is just so horrifying and so terrorizing and so I just can't even imagine. I, I just, it, it, I, I was so heartbroken for her in this, in this chapter. It just, oh, it just breaks your heart. And then, you know, you come to realize this is what drives her into, you know, being involved with a bad group of people. And, um, and at a young age, I mean, she's like, what, 14, 15 when she drops out of high school and like drops out of high school is basically like, running drugs and on like like high as hell all the time because that's the only thing that suppresses the grades basically it like that's the only thing that keeps them at bay and keeps them away from her kind of a thing and so she's been doing drugs but she doesn't go beyond a certain limit because then she's terrified of losing control and it's just this horrible thing is just like Oh, and then she like goes home at one point in time and then her mom tries to get her thrown in an insane asylum. Like I was just like, this is, and it was so terrifying. Like that I can't even imagine you're at home and these men drag you out of your bed in the middle of the night to like drag you off to some asylum where, oh, I just like, it was very reminiscent of like, I don't know if you saw um, like the Paris Hilton um document but she talks about how that happened to her how she like was basically like kidnapped in the middle of the night like her parents sent her to this like 
rehab place for like troubled teens. And she was like severely abused and there was like sexual abuse going on and like all kinds of things. And it just like, that was all I could think of. And I was like, this happens like this actually happens to children, kids, children. Like I, it just, I, sorry, I have no words. It just like, it just like brought up so many things of just like, it's so like this whole situation of her mom getting like sending her out, trying to get her sent, um, trying to get her to like go to the insane asylum and like no one believing her about obviously the rape that happened, but how is she going to on normal terms, how would she prove it now? How the hell is she going to prove it? It's a freaking ghost. Like, I don't know. It was just, there was so much that happened. And I was just like this whole chapter, I had to like set down the book and be like, okay, I need a moment to like, like get, gather my thoughts and like come back home. Anyway, that was a very long-winded response to your question, but yeah. Any, anyways. Yeah. I think there was a lot of things in the book that were like very realistic and the fact that like, I don't know, I would believe that this happened in real life, the murder and the, with the townie and them trying to cover it up. And then, you know, there being this sort of, this is very like realistic. If you believe in ghosts and all that kind of stuff, this is a great magic system and the way it's set up and, you know, the understanding of things and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you feel for her because so much of this stuff happens in real life. And if I was going to believe that the paranormal existed and these were the rules, I would believe that hundred percent that this is the way that it was like all set up. So yeah, I thought you know, you wonder, I think for us as like general and as people, we wonder like, how could people fall into this? Like, you know, being homeless, getting into drugs and all those sorts of things. And like, what causes people to like make that decision and like take that turn essentially to a life of poverty and crime as we could call it. And as you read the progression of this, you just feel like all the injustice for her and how it makes so much sense that like, this is where she went you know, this happens to her. She feels like the weird girl. She goes to the store and these group of like older kids are like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, come hang out with us. I've seen you before or or whatever. And then, you know, she smokes weed one time and then she starts becoming friends with these people. And then she starts dating a guy that's older than her and she falls into that influence. And it's like, you can see it and you feel awful for her. And you know that like, she's making bad choices and you know, it's just going to go terribly wrong. But then she's not getting any support from home. She's not getting any support from her friends. And, you know, you feel so bad for her. And then you see the person she's become like at Yale and all the things she's doing for Lathe House and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, wow, what a strong character, like what a strong person, what a strong character, like, you know, and you really feel for her and all the things that happened. Well, then there's like big plot twists in the middle and her, you know, kind of taking back control a little bit and becoming this person and deciding like to stand up for herself and all that. And it's wild. It really is. And I think that part at the beginning where you know, she's sexually assaulted and she loses all her friends and she like makes that turn. It's, I, I would have liked it a little bit earlier, I think, to kind of understand a little bit more about Alex. And I would have liked a little more information about like her mother and her upbringing. Um, I think starting at like 13 was a little late for me to kind of understand like the turmoil she was going through, but it was, it was intense. And it's like seven chapters in, you know, and you're not expecting it at all. So I think, the shock factor is, is very apparent in this book. There's a lot of things that happen. And I would genuinely was like, wow, you know, and it happens a couple of times. Um, and, you know, we switch back and forth between her point of view being younger. We switch back to Darlington's point of view and their relationship. And then him when he's younger and all the things that happen to him. And, you know, you feel really bad for these characters for, I think a majority of the book, um, as you start to like unkernel the pieces of their life and like all the things that they've been through. Oh, it, 
I would have to say the one thing that broke my heart the most is when she, you know, you, you get this backstory information on what happened to her and um, why she is the way she is. And, um, you know, this is after the ritual and Darlington still kind of pissed off at her. And he's like, what the hell happened? Kind of yelling at her. And she just goes like, they're, they're back at, at basically Lay's house. And he's like, the great grabbed you. Like what happened? Like, I didn't think they could grab, they can't grab you. And she's like, no, they can't. Like, trust me. They can't. Like, she just like kind of goes off and she basically tells him she, she like says these to, I don't know, I don't know what they, what these words are, but, um, she says these, these death words and she's like, that's all it would have taken. She goes, you guys, late house, late followed me my entire life. They knew exactly about, like, they knew everything about me. They knew I could talk to, like, I could see grays, like everything. They knew everything that I was going through and that I was struggling with this as a child and being terrified at night of seeing grays and them haunting me and everything my entire life. Do you know how it would have changed my life, how much it would have changed my life and altered my future if I had known that these two little words would have saved me an entire world of grief, that I could just send them away by saying words instead of drinking myself into oblivion, doing drugs, ruining my relationship with everyone that I know, my mother included. Like, do you know how life-altering and life-changing it would have been for me to know those two words as a child and terrified and doing this. And they knew, they knew what I was going through. They knew I could see grays, yet not at one point in time in my life did Leith step in and make that difference. And it was just, it was so, it broke my heart because I'm like, I can't even, the knowledge of that. And then Darlington's like, you want to smash some dishes? <laughs> and then they just like smash a bunch of like ugly China in the house. And I was like, I can appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I really liked the changes in their relationship and like how that progressed. And as he sort of started to realize like he shouldn't resent her um, because of the things that she like went through and not realizing that. And, and just generally how much of a different person he became as he like progressed um throughout the whole thing and I really liked the setting of the houses they're like the late house headquarters or what have you um you know the library and the orange house and all those sorts of things and how it was just like so cozy and homey and you know you felt like there was this was like Can a you imagine for her? having a library like that like no. the one that's in illness that would be basically they just right in this little book they're like I want this book on these things and then they put the book back on the shelf and it just like brings up every kind of anything that you like like any kind of volume or book that you're looking for and I was like based on that like search whatever parameter and I was like oh, I want that <laughs> yeah that would be the ultimate bookshelf or library I loved that so much um, so yeah, I guess we could kind of get into like the plot twists and things like that. She meets a professor that tells her that she wants to help her and, you know, wants to see her succeed because with everything that's going on with the Lathe house, Alex sort of falls behind and the Dean doesn't give a shit about her. Um, she's feeling like she, this murder that happened, um, with the townie isn't exactly what it seems. Um, she starts to kind of piss off the cop that works for Lathe house and try to get under his skin. And at the same time, she's trying to not fail, um, and she wants to work for this professor. And also at the same time, they're sort of staving off that Darlington has studying abroad in Spain. 
Um, and so she's kind of holding together all these secrets, trying to figure out her life, trying to solve the murder and do all those things. Did you think Darlington was in Spain or did you understand that there was like something kind of cagey going on when they talked about all of that? I had a feeling that he was somewhere else. I knew that she's like, he's quote unquote in Spain. And the way she talked about it, she's like, he's not like, it was very obvious that he like something had happened, even from the first, like the prologue, you knew something happened to Darlington. Cause she says like, Darlington's not here. He's gone. Like, and so you're kind of like, huh, what? And so this entire time you're like, <laughs> I was like, reading, I was like, what happened to Darlington? Like, I was just like, so invested and figuring out what happened to Darlington because he's like gone and they're talking about how he's going to come back in the new moon, whatever. And it was interesting. It was intense. I, it was, uh, I, you could just feel the stress. I mean, going to college in general is stressful enough, like whether you're balancing work and, you know, homework and social life, but to be a part of some secret society that no one knows about that is this intense and dark on top of like being an Ivy League college. Um, I, yeah, and not being prepared at all in the least, you know, you didn't even graduate high school. Not that she's not smart, but like, you know, you're not being prepared in the least. Um, yeah, it was, a. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, I, I can't even imagine how, you can just feel the stress like rolling off of Alex at every moment in this book. Yeah, she's kind of unstable, that's for sure. Did you kind of see the plot twist coming with the townie not being that, that murder being kind of suspicious? I wasn't expecting what happened where she breaks into the police, you know, she breaks into the, um, what's it called? Police station and uses her one coin and we get a little bit more magic and sees that this was a brutal death of someone that she thought she knew. And they assumed it was boyfriend and blamed him. Um, did you think it was the boyfriend or did you think it was someone else or what were your I had a feeling? I don't know. I had a feeling it had something to do with the houses because I don't know. Obviously, if it's something that's such a huge part of the book, it's going to be there's going to be something tied to it. But I just it felt very like, you know, the whole premise of the book is that, you know, Laith is in place to keep these houses in check. And then a person dies who's a townie, like a townie dies. And so it felt very natural for that to be a part of something that was a little sus in what was going on with these houses. And so I didn't see the ending coming at all, but, um, but I, I thought it was, I thought she, she wrote it so well and how she just like, I don't know, it was, it was such a fun read and just going through, how did you feel, um, about you know talking continuous talking about you know keeping these houses in check how did you feel about the manuscript party that was wild I wasn't expecting it to be quite as like raging as it was and I thought you know so they go to the party and there's a lot of things in here like I don't read enough mystery so I guess I don't know to like guess and assume um but they say it felt very much like a fae party like we're going to a rebel don't drink anything don't touch anything don't inhale anything and Darlington steps through like a cloud of steam and inhales a def- an essentially like an hallucinogen and I didn't anticipate that like I wasn't thinking that was always going to happen I, I you know you don't you don't read these things until they happen and you're like oh okay so that was like something that he shouldn't have done or what have you but I thought that his hallucination was real um you know he sees Alex as essentially like a shining star above the night or whatever and 
like worships her and you start to see that Darlington like has feelings for her and really like thinks highly of her and has kind of gotten, I don't know, it's not like gained respect, but like he has a lot of respect for her and, you know, sees that she has a lot of respect for him and all that kind of stuff. And so I felt really bad for him in this moment because you're like, he's kept his walls up for so long and like tried really hard to be cagey and not share secrets and be that guy that's like, I am the shepherd and I understand what's right and wrong. And like, nothing is, is gray. You know, there is no in between, there is no, you know, like abusing power and all that kind of stuff. And he sees that like Alex doesn't feel that way because of everything that she's gone through. And he realizes like, well, maybe I have gone through, you know, very similar things and I should be, think a little differently and be a little more flexible and like what I believe in and that kind of stuff. So I felt really bad for him in that moment. I was not expecting that all of those things to go down. And, you know, you, I really hated the houses in this. I thought all the people that were in it, I was super sus of like trip and the assistant, I think his name is Connor, the assistant and like all the people in this house and all these things. And, you know, you're like, you know, that they had something to do with all of it. They had something to do with Alex, you know, not Alex. They had something to do with like Darlington's disappearance with the townie, with everything that's going on. You know, the, you know, that they're abusing their power. And so it's like, I really hated them in that moment and how like manipulative they were and felt so bad for Darlington to have to like have experienced that. Yeah. I felt so bad for him. And it was just like, it almost felt like he was almost in over his head anyways. Like, it's like, it's like, you know, they're supposed to keep these houses in check, but you find out that Leif doesn't really have that much magic. Like Leif isn't built on, um, what do they call them? Um, these like nexus points. So these points of like convergence where like there's magic and this is where the houses are built. These houses are on these like nexus points that, that, that way they can like use the magic in that point and, you know, whatever. Well, Leith isn't really like a, they don't have magic. They just have enough to like keep everyone in check. The houses actually have a lot more magic and power than Leith does, which I thought was interesting because I'm like, okay, you're supposed to keep these houses in check, but you have, you don't have like power to do that really. Like magic wise, you don't have power to do that. And so that was very interesting. And so, um, and it also felt, I felt like going through this whole book that like Darlington was, had no idea. Even his Virgil was very like naive to what was actually going on in these houses and how dark it could get. And so, um, and how corrupt they could be. I mean, it's like literally like roofing a cop who shows up to a park. You know what I mean? Is really what it is. And so, they, you know, he's, you know, hallucinating basically. And Alex is like, I'm like, she, she gets pissed obviously. And she like basically tells them off and she's like, I'm putting this in a report. Like, but she doesn't put it all the way in the report. Cause she doesn't want to embarrass Darlington and get him in trouble because he didn't think about it. You know, he walked right into it. And so it was very, very interesting. Um, to see kind of that dynamic too, where she's protecting him as well. And they're kind of becoming more partners um, on an equal playing field of like, we're both still just trying to figure this shit out. Like, um, but I don't know. I, the manuscript party was intense. I don't know if you read any of the, like at, at the end of every chapter, there's like a piece from, um, or not every, well, I guess it is every chapter, but there's like a piece from the like lace handbook 
And then there's like a journal entry from like a, a LAF alumni. <laughs> and before the manuscript chapter, it's like manuscript deals in like, like hallucinogenics and hallucinogenics and et cetera, et cetera. And like um, basically mind fuckery. And then um, the, uh, the alumni entry was like, never go to a manuscript party forever invited. Do not go. <laughs> I was like, oh no. And then we're like the night of the manuscript party. And I was like, oh, shit's about to go down. Yeah, I was shocked by kind of all of the things that happened with the houses and like how laissez-faire they were about stuff. I just thought like the houses were really bad about kind of abusing their power. And I know this is really far into it, but like when Alex goes to scroll and key and like brings out her ghetto side and they're like thinking that Lathe House doesn't have any power. And she's like, okay, well, I don't have power, but like, I'll definitely kick your ass and like show us the way. Um, and I just loved that she finally like was able to stand up for herself and realize that like she could bring this part of her past and who she was before into like Lathe House and finally stand up and, and be willing to like take control and not be bullied and like pushed around and just be a shepherd. She was willing to like do what she needed to get done. Um, yeah. and do all of that, that the whole scene with her. So she decides like to make friends with this bridegroom whose wife was murdered and he was murdered on the same day or like murder suicide supposedly um when the day he was wed uh and this is set in like the 50s right and so he's always followed them around and she decides to make friends with them to kind of help her with solving the mystery and all of that stuff what did you think of the golem and like how he saved her from that what god uh, this i was literally just going to ask you about this like how you felt about this whole thing so there's that was like terrifying. I'll just say that. Creature? I don't even know what it's... I don't know. It's this, like, evil ghost. And she's, like, trying to get him off. So I was thinking when I was, she's like, attacking this, her. She walks into the store and sees this guy in, like, a Yale sweatshirt. And then this felt very, like, R.L. Stein, like, goosebumps to me. Where, like, she's standing there. He has glasses on. And then, like, a beetle crawls across his face. Like, that's the kind of image that I got was, like half face normal when he turns the other half is like skeletal and you're like oh shit that's kind of what it felt like to me like very reading goosebumps or like watching goosebumps or something like that Definitely. is that kind of how yeah it just was like a little cheesy but also like oh shit you know what yeah, I mean she's like oh it's a great and so she's like okay I'm just gonna ignore him and she just like ignores him and she's like getting her things and then all of a sudden this like gray just like starts beating the evolution out of her I mean just like I was like, oh no, like, you know, Grace can like attack people, but like, she was like saying like death words and throwing bone dust at him and it was doing nothing. And it's just like, how terrifying. Yeah. And then she like hauls ass out of this freaking, this shop. Right. And on to people, it looks like she's just going crazy and like trashing this store and really she's getting the evolution beat out of her and she's trying to like survive so she's like running into the street and north saves her and it was so i was like not expecting that i wasn't expecting it like i wasn't expecting north to actually play a role in this like a, mm-hmm. a pretty big role in this book um i was kind of shocked and also kind of shocked that he would like saved her like it was, it was kind of shocking. How did you feel about the Dean's response to the whole situation? So this is when I felt like he was really sus. Like I was like, okay, so this guy's in on it for the money. 
um, in the way that he kind of responds to all of this and was like, this is your fault, blah, blah, blah. I think no one's going to believe you. Yeah. I'm like, bro, you're like the head of this. You know what's going on. Yeah. Yet you're sitting here. I love Dawes was like, sounds very uh, victim blamey to me. <laughs> it's like, I love you, Dawes. Yeah, I think Lee Bardugo does a good job of writing strong female leads. And this is another one where you're, she's sort of an unpredictable strong character, Dawes. You know, she is the grad student that essentially protects all the houses and like watches over them, like the, like the house manager or what have you. And this is the first time you see her stand up for anyone. Um, you know that she loves Darlington like as a brother and that she would take care of him. And she does all these, you know, small things for him. And it's like, she doesn't really like Alex in the same way that Darlington doesn't really like Alex, but she's really stands up for her. And they sort of develop this friendship. And it's like, I felt like the Dean definitely had something to do with something at that point and was just like really annoyed with him. I didn't like his character. He felt very slimy to me, even from the beginning. And I was just like, so irritated in how all of that like turned out. And it's one of those ones where I feel like this happens a lot in books in general where you start to see authority figures and they can't help you you know she runs into this with the cop I forgot his name but she runs into this with a cop where it's like you know you can't go to the police because no one's gonna believe you and this is that desperation moment where you're like okay so the people that you thought were the authority figures that were gonna solve your problems that were gonna help you if something went wrong don't exist they're not real they're not gonna help you there's nothing they can do and it's like that really turns the tide and I think adds that additional like fear factor. Also very reminiscent of her previous situation with the grade that raped her. Like no one's going to believe you. Like I was, when he said that, I was like, he did not just say that. Like I was, oh, that, that was not okay with me. I was like, oh, but I also, I loved how Dawes just was like, I'm sorry. That sounds a lot like what was she wearing? Victim blamey dialogue. And I was like, yeah. I love you, Dawes. Like, I love, I love Alex and Dawes's like relationship and their how it was very reminiscent of Vern Darlington, um, and how their relationship grew. And all of the character arcs in this book are so good. Just really good. So good. So so good. And so I don't know. This kind of bothered me, I think, because it was a little bit hard to follow, but we get into this mystery and it's like a big whodunit and there's portal magic and there's you know talking to witnesses and trying to figure things out and she you know pairs up with the detective and she talks to Dawes and she goes to the library and does all these things and then you kind of figure out what happened to Darlington blah 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 I had a really hard time kind of following who was who and even at the end when they explain the whole situation and how the girl got killed and what happened to her and how she was involved it was a lot for me. Was it kind of a lot for you? Like, I felt very confused. It's like, okay, so she made friends with one of them because she knew how to make, like, how to grow weed really well. And then she makes friends with another one of them and uses their greenhouse and then goes here and sells it to this house. And then that house wants to do it to the, so how did you feel about that? Like, I was very confused. Were you equally as confused with that whole situation? Yeah. I mean, I don't think I was it was hard to follow for sure. And being like, okay, who is she involved with? Cause there were so many different houses that were really involved in that you're, you know, cause Alex is like, okay, you know, we've got portal magic. We have the creature that this house sent. We've got, you know, the necromancy. We've got all these things that are happening that, that go back to every one of these houses. And so she's like, all of these houses are in on it, man. And so she's like, it feels like she can't go to anyone. And obviously the Dean is an asshole. So she's not going to go to him, you know? And so she's working with 
Turner, the detective, and that's also not really getting anywhere. And so she's trying to figure out this mystery on her own. And she's like piecing together all of these aspects. And I thought it came together so fast. Like it was just like, it it was just a lot. It was a big info dump of like, okay, this is, you know, I, I don't know. It was, it was a really big info dump of like how she was connected to every, every house you find out, you know, you get, she gets all this information because she finds out that this whole, like, with her roommate, with Mercy, I felt so bad for this whole situation of just, like, she gets, she's given this drug that basically makes you subservient to whomever gave you the drug, basically. It's from manuscript, and she ends up going to this frat party, and they find out that these frats, like, have access, or this guy has access to these drugs that are basically, like, makes anyone subservient and do exactly what you tell them to do. And so um, he basically videos himself sexually assaulting her freaking roommate. Like, and I was just like, oh my God. Like it, oh, it was just like, it it made me so angry. (laughs) It just made me so angry. And I was just like, oh, but how did you feel about how, uh, how Alex, dealt with the whole situation we love alex man she's fresh i think she's such a good character because she really is like willing to go out on a limb and has that like no fucks attitude like no fucks given she's gonna do what she can for her people and like i loved her relationship with her roommates and how she was like okay i'm one person with my roommates and they don't know about lathe house and all these sorts of things and i get to be like the normal college girl with them but like i'm also a like really strong tough girl who grew up being called the weird kid and like my boyfriend um and you know like living in a secret society and all that kind of stuff and I she's so clever and like this felt like a very I don't know if you've ever seen the show but like this felt like a very Veronica Mars moment to me this happens in college where she goes into a frat house seriously though and she's trying yep. to figure out like there's a date rapist that's all over campus and she's trying season to figure out who, two or season yeah, three sorry so, uh, season three yeah so that she's trying to like figure out what happened and she sneaks into a frat house and pretends to be someone else and is like looking for the you know head of the house and the president and all this stuff and so I felt like I was in Veronica Mars at that moment and I like I just loved her so much and the way that she you know handled that situation and and called him out on his shit and it also felt like gossip girl because I was like I don't understand how you could send a text message to like the whole university server like that's so, so stupid um but I loved it I, I loved her willing to like do that for her friend and like make all of them feel stupid for it I didn't expect him to come back later on and be a part of the ending um that was kind of a surprise to me and it was just like really interesting how far the like webs of these different societies went. Um, what did you think about her relationship with North and how she, you know, decided to use him for help and then kind of kept ignoring him the whole time? I felt so bad for North. I love North. I, I, he, I thought he was such a fun character to be like such a different character. You know what I mean? That's like apart from everyone else that's in there. And, um, you know, he can only really talk to Alex and they're trying to figure out what happened to this um this townie that got killed and she you know he's like I can't find her like you know there's like the other side or whatever and he's like I can't find her on the other side of the veil I can't find my like this whole time he's trying to figure out you know what who murdered him and his wife basically and um you know 
he's like, I've tried to find my wife on this end, on this side. I can't find her. I've been searching for her for uh, like a hundred, like a couple hundred years or like, was it like 200 years or something like that? And so on and so forth. And so she's like, agrees to help him figure out the murder. If he helps her with her murder, basically it's, you know, that kind of a situation. And so, um, their relationship was really interesting. I felt so bad when she was like ignoring him, you know, you find out, um, basically kind of going back you you find out what happens to darlington you find out that he gets eaten by a hell beast basically like which i was like that's terrifying like how did you picture this whole situation going down with the hell beast i was so confused i was like what is happening here i just didn't understand the setting and like what they were doing and all that stuff and i don't know you get to this point where alex and darlington kind of have this conversation and he's like what happened to you? You woke up and all your, you know, your boyfriend and your best friend and all these things were murdered. Like, did you do it? Who did it? Like what happened? And she sort of says, yeah, I, I, I did do it. My bad. It's, but it's complicated. It's so complicated, you know? And, and then this portal opens up and Darlington kind of falls through it. And he says something, he says, it's not a portal. It's a, and then he like falls through. And I was, I was confused and I didn't like that it was thrown in there. And then it's not mentioned again for like many chapters. So you're kind of going through like in the back of your mind, like, okay, so obviously he went somewhere else. Where is he? Are they going to be able to get him back? What's going on there? And I think that that like, I obviously it adds a bit of mystery to it, but it was, I found it a little bit irritating that it like took so long to explain what was going on because it's, it felt like there were like six different plot lines going on here. There's like Darlington's backstory, Alex's backstory, their backstory, what's happening with Alex currently and what's going on, going to happen in the future. And then like what happens afterwards? And it's sort of like, there should have been like, I think a part two to this. And this story is set up really good, but like, there's such an info dump. So you find out like Darlington, after he falls through there, we kind of get Darlington's backstory. He grew up in a house with his grandpa, like idolized him. His, his parents were like, not really wealthy, like self-made wealthy. His grandpa was, um, and they shipped him off and, and didn't want anything to do with him. And his grandpa kind of says that like, they wanted the idea of a kid so that they could say they had a child, which whatever, a lot of people do this, which is so annoying, but totally relevant but so they're like rich people that it was just like just like gossip girl they are rich people that wanted to have kids but didn't actually want to have kids and so they ship him off to live with his grandpa he develops a really great relationship with them and then his grandpa owns this massive house in new haven new haven's kind of a dying town his grandpa gets sick what a surprise um and his parents come in and say please like sell the house um we want the money is basically what they want and you can't afford to upkeep it and darlington's like no i'll keep it up and i'm 12 <laughs> or whatever or 14 and he'll upkeep the house and then his grandpa's like on his deathbed and darlington pulls the plug and kills his grandpa so you kind of find out that he has a dark side to him too that he hasn't told anybody about and that some things have happened in his life and you're like okay so darlington is a little bit spookier than we thought he was going to be and then we sort of go to what happened with Alex. This Ugh. is wild. So Darlington's background is kind of predictable <laughs> to me. Yeah. Like I saw that coming poor, you know, sad rich boy who his grandpa had like solid roots and, you know, started from the work from the whatever warehouse floor and built his fortune, et cetera, et cetera. This part with Alex and her friends, wild major air quotes around friends, like major air quotes. So this guy, the cousin, that was like a total skis. They, her boyfriend is like wanting to make it instead of selling weed, cocaine, um, is going to make all this money from his friend of a friend's cousin or what have you. And this guy is sleazy. He just is one of those people that like buys Lamborghinis and has like a cheetah on a chain. 
and makes tons of money as like a drug dealer. And Alex is like, listen, this guy is sus. He just wants to like hang out in the slums to like make himself feel better. And her boyfriend's like, no, we're going to make money. And it turns out he's beating her. She's made friends with this other girl that like they pulled into their circle. And, you know, Alex loves her and wants to run away with her and all these things. And this part was like heartbreaking. What were your thoughts on this whole relationship with her boyfriend and all that? Did you think he was going to be as slimy as he was and all that kind of stuff? I felt like her boyfriend was going to be as slimy as he was considering he was like in his twenties and she was like 15. Like, you know, like they started dating when she was like really, really young. And so that was gross. Um, on top of the fact that he, you know, just how she was describing him, but I didn't expect him to be this heartless and just slimy and terrible. Like, Oh, so basically this like cousin it's basically her boyfriend's boss's cousin who shows up to this party or whatever they're throwing this party and he has tastes that you know no one wants to really be around him because he's brutal he's mean he's basically a sadist like he's just like not a good person and so alex and her name's helen right helly and um they're supposed to clean up the house quote unquote for this party and basically the boyfriend is like do whatever needs to be done to like make him happy basically thing so which is gross and so she's like screw that so they take off and um she's like we need to leave like we need to leave now like if we're gonna leave we should do it now or soon you know and they talk about they're like fake two-year plan and like all these things. And I was, it was so sad. Just the whole thing was so sad. And so she's like, all right, well, we're going to go to a movie or let's go to a movie or whatever. And um, they're like at this movie and then Helly like takes off whatever. They like don't have any money. And so they like sell a little bit of, or like they're like use what money they have to buy movie tickets and they're like chilling in the movie. She's like, oh, I'm going to go get some like snacks. And then she just dips out and like goes back and leaves Alex. They're stranded basically. So Alex has to like sell what like little weed she has to get a bus ticket to go home. So she gets back and she's like in the house. This party's like dying down. And then Helen comes or Helly comes in and she's like, talking to her and she's like are you okay and she's just like keeps saying no like she's just like no 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 like she just like obviously something terrible has happened to her you know she was with that terrible human being and you know they fall asleep and she wakes up and Hallie's staring at her but it's not Hallie it's her ghost and she like reaches to grab her and she like goes through her and I was like oh no this is so sad I was just like so sad just so it's just so heartbreaking because you're just like you know and obviously she's freaking out you know and she's like she's dead she's like screaming and crying and just like freaking out and her shitty ass boyfriend comes in and they're like oh no she's dead we're gonna go dump her the back of some freaking alley because you know they're just gonna assume she's a druggie so we're just gonna dump her bot i was just like this is this is so bad this is so bad this is so bad did you expect to happen what happened though did you expect it to go down the way it went down definitely not i didn't assume this is going to happen in the slightest um i was like shocked i mean i had a feeling that alex had done it 
but they kind of described how it was so brutal and like had to have been someone so strong and all these things, someone left-handed. And that's when they said like, she wasn't left-handed. So she obviously couldn't have done it. She's not strong enough. She's just like such a small person. And what happens is her friend essentially possesses Alex. Um, and she beats the tar out of them with a wooden baseball bat and kills the shit out of all of them. And I was like, wow, that I wasn't expecting it at all. And it's like, you feel so much justice in all of it. And you're like, you don't want to root for that. Like, obviously like killing people is bad. Don't do that. But it, it was crazy. And I wasn't anticipating that at all. Like that, that reaction that Alex had and all these things. And like, she ends up in the hospital and that's, and the Dean says like, come to Lathe house, I guess. And like, I have a proposition for you. Um, but which is the same thing that happens to Darlington. Darlington's also in the hospital and right. the Dean shows up and offers him a position in Lathe. Uh, it's all so sus. I kind of felt like this was really a cringy moment. I don't know. I didn't anticipate it happening at all. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I don't know. Did you think that Alex had done it though? Or were you? I didn't know. I, I didn't think she did it. Honestly, I thought it was, I had a feeling some sort of gray was involved um, in the whole situation, but I didn't expect said gray to possess Alex and just annihilate like five grown men. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It was, uh, it was, uh, intense. I don't, that was intense. But when she said that she killed him, I wasn't surprised, I guess. It wasn't like, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, I didn't call it, but I was like, no, that makes sense. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, it was, it was rough, man. (laughs) So, how uh, how did you feel about the next events when uh, what's his bucket that disgusting college frat boy comes back and decides to actually no step back? How did you feel about the whole trying to get Darlington back situation? That was so weird. I was so confused. I think I had to read that one like two or three times. They bring back his Virgil and we have this ceremony and all this stuff. And the dean is like, can't bring him back. Sorry, he's a demon now or like a demon ate him or something. Yeah, I demon was, ate him, and he's totally gone. Soul's gone. Everything is gone. He is not of any on any plane. I didn't believe him. I was just like, "There's no way. There's just no way." We didn't spend like half or three quarters of a book like explaining. I, yeah, no. I was angry. I was like, "There is no wh- why really did we, like waste all our time like, building yeah. up this character." And I was that. like, "What the hell?" I was like, "He can't be dead." No, like he can't be like dead, dead. Like, no, like I was like, can we, what? I was heartbroken. I was like, did you think he was dead? I I thought he was, I thought he was gone, gone. Oh yeah. No, I was just like, I don't know. I just couldn't imagine another part of like Alex's terrible backstory. Yeah, that's true. I just felt like there's no way that we could have done like three quarters of a book just to like, never actually meet this character in the present. What, where were you at with the professor and the party and Daisy and all those things. I was not anticipating this to be her at all. Um, and her, her as Daisy, I was confused that whole scene in the past, but yeah. her as the professor, I was like, shooketh. What were your thoughts on that situation? 
or how did you read that? Like, I, I guess I was just confused. Like, I understand that Daisy was really powerful and she could create the Nexus and she knew that she was like powerful, kind of like Alex. Yeah. The, what do they call them? The wheel washer? Wheel, wheel watcher. Or wheel yeah, watcher or what have you. But I was confused by like Daisy as a character, I guess, and what her personality was or why she decided to marry North in the first place. They didn't really give that much information about her. They just said yeah. that she was really like, um kind of a firecracker maybe not the prettiest person in the world which uh, this is so annoying like maybe she wasn't that pretty but she was a firecracker and I'm like what does that have to do with anything whether she's pretty or not but whatever anyways um weird yeah but you know I I thought it was interesting that we didn't get that much maybe we will later get more information I mean maybe not but um she's kind of gone yeah I, th- I would have liked more information about just Daisy in general and like her as, a, as an entity, like away from all the crap that happened to her afterwards, um, you know, but um, you kind of get this before that you basically the, the frat boy like attacks the house. Um, then it's really brutal with the jackals again. And like, I, I if that this, oh, this whole scene was so... Again, I did not expect what happened at the end that this played. To, I, I just, it was a lot. Like, how did you feel about that whole scene where she, they basically get attacked after they're trying to bring Darlington back. They're really sad. They're at the house. Um, her and Dawes are. And this psycho frat boy breaks into the house, basically, and tries to attack them. How, how did you feel about this? So I didn't think the Dean was involved. I really just thought this was the houses like coming up and saying, um, you know, Hey, we're, we like figured out that you figured out our scheme. And so we're just going to end you. So there's no witnesses. Like I didn't anticipate the Dean being part of it. And I didn't anticipate this guy being under control of like the coin. And I thought that whole thing was wild. And it's like, I loved the reference. I mean, this is obviously that's how it's written, but I love that she was able to like bring the jackals and finally control them and that they attacked the Dean and this guy. And it felt like I was watching how to get away with murder where Dawes like whacks him upside the head or whatever, but it was an intense scene and it was interesting. And I just was like shocked. I knew the Dean was kind of suspicious, but I didn't think that he had like orchestrated the whole thing. Did you? No, I did not see that coming at all. You know, you're, you kind of get this whole, this whole shitstorm happens basically and then you kind of go back to where we started the, the prologue where alex is locked up in the house and wants and doesn't isn't talking to anyone isn't going to class isn't doing anything she's basically just trying like wasting away and so um mercy finds her mercy and her mom find her which was i thought was random but okay oh, you know mercy was like yeah i've been following you it's <laughs> like that's dangerous but don't don't do that. Um, and so, you know, there's this kind of craziness that's going on and she, um, I can't remember how she, or she talks to North, right? Like she, she sees North and this is kind of the whole process of her ignoring North, right. For like a while. And I felt so bad for North because he's like, I'm trying to help you and you're not listening like he's just like so frustrated and he's like water bottle I need water like also like why don't you just like pop in in the shower and be like you listen bitch like I'm trying to fucking tell you like 
Yeah, I was confused by that. I was like, I don't understand why she was ignoring North for so much of it. And like trying to have this, he's like trying to have these conversations and help you. And you're just like, la-di-da-di-da, I'll get to you when I get to you. I'm sorry, you don't have an answer. And it's like, he's still going to be around and maybe maybe he figured something out and she's not listening to him. Um, I, I, I really like North and I liked his character, but I thought it was, there were so many moving parts at the end of this. I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't know really like where to take that, I guess. Yeah. And I was like a little bit overwhelmed towards the end. And yeah. all of that the end was pretty overwhelming you know she finds out some information about um you kind of get a flashback of what happens to like north and daisy and he just remembers like a blinding pain and someone saying they're trying to kill me and like all this stuff and like basically it was a ritual gone wrong and the guy's spirit took off and ended up in north's north. body and he ended up killing the spirit basically that was possessing him killed Daisy and killed him basically. And so um, she's trying to figure out, you know, what house it was and everything like that. And so she's kind of piecing all these things together. And then she realizes, you know, she goes back to Elba stone, which is the, the late, like the late HQ. And she finds the coin um, that, you know, basically is you, they have these coins that you can give to someone and basically control them for it's kind of like that drug that you know you can control them and do whatever they'll do whatever you ask them to and so she finds that and then she pieces it back to the dean and so she goes and confronts him at the party how did you did you think the professor (laughs) i thought the professor was going to be there to save the day (laughs) like i was like oh she's coming she's good yeah how did you feel about that I definitely thought the same because her assistant was Connor and he was in one of the houses too. So I was like, she has to know what's going on here. Like I had a feeling that she was someone like far removed, but knew what was happening in the school. And that's why she had volunteered to like help Alex. I did not expect her to be the person that she was, you know, she says that she's Daisy reincarnate and she's been killing girls for the last 50 years and can't leave new Haven. Um, and basically has just been like fine trying to find these people like Alex who can see the grays and that their souls like last longer. And she's like a parasite. I, yeah, I was expecting her to come save the day to call out the Dean for everything that he tried to do, blah, blah, blah. And I was not expecting at all for her to be the one that like was eating souls. Was the evil, terrible creature. I was like, didn't see that coming, you know, and then you find out that's, you know, basically the Dean was got into a bad financial position. Um, one of the old houses was trying to get back onto a nexus. They were losing power or they lost their house. Um, they're trying to get a house back. And so he was trying to create a nexus so that the house or tombs rather, um, so that the house could be built upon this nexus. That's why he killed the townie. And so to try to create this like power or whatever, didn't work and so you're like okay and so you're basically finding out okay this it didn't work that's you know that's it's weird and then um (laughs) and then in walks the professor and she's like oh yeah by the way nexuses are created by me eating souls and I was like okay but I also did really like how she was like I'm (laughs) she's just like first of all okay you're stuck in this town you can't go anywhere and you're like eating souls and living forever why to live in this town forever and yeah I didn't like, understand that. I didn't get that I was like oh that sounds terrible but but it's like what was she know. gaining from all of it that's what I'm saying I wish we would have gotten yeah. a little more like background on Daisy before 
for who she was before she was like yeah. married and all that well, kind of stuff because it was like what was the point of like living forever in this town that you can't ever leave and like building what like a brand you can't live I don't know I just thought it was a little bit strange and like yeah I don't know I was like what was yeah of all of that it was interesting Fear so factor? basically you know she's eating souls of these wheel watchers or whatever so basically people like Alex who can see grays and communicate with the dead etc cetera, etc cetera. and so um then she proceeds to try to eat Alex's soul and I was just like and then poor North obviously is in this whole situation and he's like there with her and he's finding out all of this stuff about the woman he married that she's an evil demon basically and I was like oh man that was I felt bad for North in this I did too I like what, what, a, what a poor little soul and she kills the Dean and all that kind of stuff and you find out like that he was shady which I liked the ending that he got um and I don't know it felt like it could have ended there it could have been a standalone like we could have just ended the book here and it would have been a standalone um Darlington dead blah 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 but obviously plot twist you know we have to have a second one and all that kind of stuff I wasn't a huge fan of his Virgil, Michelle, or what have you. And I still think she's a little sus. Like as we go further onto this, I have a feeling that she knows more than she's like letting on or is at least like experienced more than that. But I, we all love like a merry ragtag band of followers that are going to go into hell to find Darlington and all that stuff. What are your kind of hopes for the next book? Um, Do you hope it stays mix- this like dark academia theme or goes more like fantasy into the realm of the Nile? Like, when she met the first time. Oh, um, I think it's going to be a little bit of both, honestly. Yeah. Um, I was just going to ask though, how did you feel about how Daisy's demise and her, like, literally, it felt very corpse fried to me. Like, yeah. I was like when, when, like, the, the bad guy, like, dies and then, like, all the, like, dead people, like, drag him off. Like, that felt, it felt very corpse fried to me. Um, yeah. Oh, how did you I... feel about Daisy's demise? I, I think that like that was so dramatic. I don't know. I was just like, okay, here we go. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is a a, a wonderful like. Could have been an, it. Could have been just a standalone. Like, she could have just ended it there, where like Daisy gets dragged off into this like Hades in Hercules, <laughs> you know, like all that kind of stuff. So I think it could have ended there. I, I thought it was really dramatic, and it was a good way to like end this terribly evil character, in showing that you know the people that she destroyed are coming back to destroy her or whatever I just felt like it was a little bit dramatic I was like okay so that all happened and then now there's more there's still like yeah pages left <laughs> yeah I was like there's still a lot of books left yeah. for this to like so I was How like all just happened like yeah yeah definitely so it was definitely very interesting um I will have to say I'm very excited for uh the gentleman demon to arrive um I'm very excited for that um I, I think, I honestly think a lot of these characters, um, obviously like are morally gray. I mean, the vast majority of them are morally gray. I mean, come on, they're digging around in human entrails to tell stock market futures. Like, you know, (laughs) so, um, they're all pretty morally gray to black. Um, super (laughs) sus. (laughs) Um, but I'm very excited to see like like a, I wouldn't say like an evil like an evil Darlington but a gentleman demon I mean that's what they refer to him as he's the gentleman demon and I'm so excited to see Darlington is that 
um, very excited for that, for his, I think that's going to add, I think that's going to add so much to the story. And um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm excited for the next book books rest of the series. I think it'll be great. Um, what about you? What do you, what's your hopes for the next book series, et cetera? I hope there's a little bit more like fantasy in it than there was in this one. Like I hope they're more into the hell realm and there's a little less academia. I think we established enough of that in this one that like, we don't we really need to spend a lot of time at Yale. Um, this is her like alma mater, Lee Bard, you go. And she's very familiar with the setting and you can feel that in the way that she wrote this book um, and her like relationships with the setting and like all the things that happen in this book and like New Haven and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think we set that well. So I would like to see a little bit more fantasy. She does a good job writing depictions and creating worlds. So I'd like to see a little bit more of that in this book and that they're, you know, kind of in the hellscape. And I would like to see more relationship progression with Alex and Darlington. I don't think this is like a romance or there needs to be any kind of like smut scenes or anything like that, but I'd love to see them kind of together as like a fighting force and everything that happens there. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I really, I really like that. I, I, well, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but on uh, Lee Bardugo's Instagram, she has a highlight of all of, like a lot of the places that are, that are listed in the book. So some of the different houses or tombs rather, um, like Yale in general, the town, like it's really cool if you're having like maybe a hard time picturing some of it. It's kind of cool to like look at it and get an idea of what these places look like and what they actually look like because these are actual houses at Yale and so um which is cool I think that's so awesome but um yeah I'm really excited what was your star rating for this book I guess I'm like a 4.75 I think the things that bothered me a little bit was the speed of everything that was going on I think there was a big info dump at the beginning that made it a little bit confusing I don't know what I said when we did our book club. So don't come at me book club. So sorry, I forgot. But I would say 4.75. I really, really enjoyed this book. Like I thought it was so good. I, this was the first book I read in the month of June. And it, it was like, there's, it's so dynamic. There's so many things that happen. You love the characters. I've said this before, but I think this is on everyone's TBR. And nobody's read it. And like, this is your sign to read it. It's too good. I, I just, I loved her writing style and how much she's grown. The banter is amazing. The characters are really good. Um, I think the like storyline is so interesting and it feels so realistic, but also there's enough fantasy in it that like we as fantasy readers love it. Um, but also has that element of like thriller and murder mystery and all that kind of stuff. So I, I really loved it. 4.75. What about you? I gave it a four and a half. So I gave it a four and a half. I really, really, really liked it. I think the only reason it's not a five for me is I think there were too many storylines. There was too many moving parts that were going it was amazing but it was still at one point in time you're like I got whiplash from all the different stories you know and so I think she could have maybe not had Daisy in this one and then maybe Daisy be the villain in the next one um I think that would have especially if it's a long series I mean obviously we have no idea what she has planned for the series but if it's a long series I think she could have moved Daisy to the next book and had her them trying to figure out okay this is the nexus and then getting Darlington back I think that that would have been a a better progression maybe or this is you know how the nexuses are created and this is the villain in this book um so I I think that was really the only reason that I didn't um give it a five but I I loved it so much I loved Darlington I loved all of the character arcs. I mean, Alex is such a great 
character. I mean, such a great character. She's just, I love her to death. I mean, she just takes no shit from anyone. Um, her arc is amazing. Dawes is awesome. I mean, really all the characters are great. And um, I just really enjoyed how they all played played into each other and played well. Um, and so I'm, I'm so excited to see the rest of it. Um, we kind of talked about how um, when we covered um, Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom, how she really kind of started coming into her own as a writer, really at like Six of Crows. Um, this came out after Six of Crows. I think this came out the same year as King of Scars. And so in 2019, and so, um, and you've read King of Scars and you really like King of Scars, but um, you can definitely tell, like she just, oh, it was so good. And it was, it was cool to see her writing outside of the creation verse as well. So um, I really enjoyed it. I'm so excited to see the rest of it. I'm just like hardcore, hard girl. I'm just hardcore fangirling <laughs> over Ninth House. I cannot wait. Yeah, I think sometimes I get a little bit like hyped for the author. And I think that's why I was like on a big Lee Bardugo kick for a minute there. I just read Ninth House, then Rule of Wolves or King of Scars and then Rule of Wolves. So like maybe that was why. But I agree. I wish there was a little bit more spread out. I think there's a lot going on. I'm interested to see what's going on with the rest of the series. And I think I have a hard time like getting it anything less than like a four in that realm because I don't know what's going to happen next. And I thought this one was like so well crafted. Um, I think maybe it might change as the series goes on it might get a little bit better. It might get a little bit worse. We'll see. Um, I'm really, I agree. I'm genuinely interested to know like what's the next steps in the series. Obviously we know what the next one is vaguely going to be about, but I want to know how she's going to make five books out of this and like what that's going to look like um, kind of going forward. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see it though. Um, I think there's so many ways that she can go with it though. So that's, that's the exciting thing. And um, it's kind of, unexpected as well because again this is outside of the Grishaverse and you know it's not there's no kind of like I guess uh there's there's nothing to be expected as far as what to what to what's going to happen in the future you know obviously mm -hmm. so very excited to to see how this goes so yeah. um yeah good stuff so we can move on to our obscure book recommendation of the week. This one was sent in from Laura, who's from our book club. She said that she just finished this and it's really good. It is a duology, I think, or a trilogy. But the first one is called The Henna Artist by Aleka Josie. I don't know if I say her name. But this is a Reese's book club pick. And it came out a couple of years ago, I think. The synopsis is vivid and compelling in the portrait of one woman's struggle for fulfillment in society, pivoting between the traditional and the modern. The henna artist opens a door into the world that was once lush, lush and fascinating, stark and cruel, escaping from an abusive marriage, 17-year-old lush uh, Lambishka, I'm literally butchering that so badly, uh, makes her way alone in the vibrant 1950s pink city of Junipar. There, are, <laughs> I'm so bad at pronouncing things, so sorry team. There she becomes the most highly requested Hannah artist and confidant to the wealthy women of the upper class. But trusted with the secrets of the wealthy, she can never reveal her own. Known for her original designs and sage advice, she must tread carefully to avoid the jealous gossips of who would ruin her reputation and her livelihood. As she pursues her dreams of an independent life, she is startled one day when she is confronted by her husband, who has tracked her down after these many years with a high-spirited girl in tow. A sister she never knew she had. Suddenly the caution that she has carefully cultivated as protection is a threat. Still she has, still she preserves applying her talents and uplifting those who surround her as she does. This was a very poorly written synopsis. Um, yeah, so Laura recommended that because Kirsten and I don't have time to read obscure books anymore. <laughs> We're too busy. Um, yeah, so we are still doing the book club 
Um, any other announcements? Nothing here. Um, no, not much, not much going on here. Follow us, like us, subscribe, etc. We're on TikTok and Instagram at the Bookish Banter Podcast. So go follow us over there. Uh, drop us a, a comment, a DM, whatever. Uh, if you want us to cover something or read something or have any ideas, send it to us. We appreciate them all. Um, yeah, leave us a five star review. Share the love with your friends. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week.